This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this is Jacob Ross with Longley Fertilia, and you are listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast, which is part of the Herpeticulture Network. Enjoy. And here we are, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 191 of THP, it's that time again, this episode is brought to you by blackboxcages.com, check them out, blackboxcages.com, Facebook, Instagram, if you end up shopping around, seeing something you like, when you go to checkout in the discount code box, type in THN, save yourself a little bit of money, get yourself something nice. Uh, whether you want racks, whether you want cages, they've got both something for that can handle just about anything you're you're keeping in them. Um, tons of modifications and add-ons and things that you can make uh, to fit the species that you are keeping perfectly uh, to give them the best care possible. Uh, and then you need to hop on over to stevesnakesuary.com, get yourself the full lineup of venom hot sauce. You will not be disappointed. Uh, we still need to get the anti-venom sauce. Yes, That's like supposed to be the hottest one of the bunch, and we have yet to try it. So it's got to happen. And then uh, when you're done doing that, you, you you hop back onto Facebook or Instagram, and you go and follow Fulvius Apparel. Uh, working on getting the Shopify website sewn up and done. I can take orders on Instagram right now, so... I've had a, a good bit of orders placed already. Um, so if you see anything you like and you're interested in getting it, hit me up on either Facebook or Instagram at fulvius.apparel, and we will make that happen. Um, any updates on your end, Jake? Um, uh, I guess a few, technically. Obviously, I still have the eggs and community, which I'll still look great. Um, those white oak gray rats. And then I shipped out a ton of snakes on Monday. I think I shipped out 11 animals. And well, I mean, that's a ton for me, I guess. Um, so I shipped out several on Monday. And Wednesday, I got some new locality rats in that I'm super excited about. Um, an adult pair of Pasco County yellows. And then a Lake City uh lone girl from florida who's really really unique um really cool looking animal taking some type of yellow gray hybrid possibly um but definitely dominantly yellow um so she's really awesome and he gets some pictures posted and whatnot um and yeah also recently locked down a pair of pituophis that are really cool i'll leave the details out on that until they get here hopefully next week um yeah that's about it i think nothing really nothing crazy so more rat snakes always fun that's right uh my loma alta girl laid this morning nice woke up to a clutch of i think it was eight with one dud um, I say it was a dud. I don't know. It's like one of the ones with a really like floppy, flaccid egg. 
So it doesn't look like bad necessarily, but it doesn't feel it's not firm. It's not like a, a healthy egg. So that one right. probably probably toast out the gate, but either way, um all the other eggs are perfect. She did well. Are you incubating and, that one though? Yeah, I'm gonna keep it in there until I okay. I think it's time to call it. But you know, I, I always like to play it safe. And it's like if you know, even with those those Jansen I eggs, it was those two were if I was a betting man, they were definitely bad, but I held on to them for a little while until I, you know, could safely say that there was nothing happening with them. So I don't like to, I don't like to, to prematurely trash things, you know, you know, like right. fully make sure. Uh, yeah. If it's even questionable, it's probably best to at least try, you know, that carpet clutch I got, you know, a lot of guys were like, maybe you should have just incubated them anyways. And I'm like, dude, they would have just gotten nasty. Like they were very, very clearly, slugs so i mean if it's like those like yellow marbles that you get then sure but yeah that's what i mean that's what they were so i got you yeah yeah other than that uh i mean that's pretty much it everything's incubating no eggs or anything from the rhinos yet that female hasn't gone into her pre-lay but she seems to be getting thicker and thicker by the week so we are that is that is one thing I forgot. I'm pretty sure my fork line female just gave me a pretty lay shed. She's been in her nest box constantly ever since and looking a little uncomfortable, looking kind of big. I haven't taken her out to really get a good look at her. You know, she's not a very happy snake. Um, she's very angry pretty much all the time. Um, so I'm leaving her be. I don't want to stress her out too much if she is, you know, carrying. Um, so I'm just going to kind of see what happens with that but i am expecting eggs from them so hopefully in the next week or less we'll have something on the ground you get nothing from the southerns um no they're still together right now and they're all laid up on each other um so i don't really don't really know the female looks really swollen but i think she just has to take a big old dump because <laughs> she just ate a medium rat on sunday so I'm sure that's. Oh, yeah, 48 hours has passed. Is. She's probably done with it. <laughs> probably. Uh, yeah, there's there's a there's a defecation in the enclosure, but I don't know if it goes from her or him because they're in there together right now. Um, so we'll see. I'm not holding my breath on those. I'm hopeful, obviously, but you know, I'm not, not getting too. I don't know if they're still cuddling up and stuff, man. I think it's definitely maybe it'll just end up being a later. Yeah, later drop, but I'm gonna keep pairing them up, you know, until I think it's later in the summer and I know nothing's gonna happen. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We're... Well, this week we are gonna get into some Ganyasoma, some Boa stuff, some other odds and ends. Uh, we're joined by Jared Carmichael, who is a fellow member of the U.S. Ganyasoma Alliance group on Facebook. Um, Jared has a pretty eclectic collection and then he also does some some pretty awesome photography work as well so i figured we'd get him on here and i'm actually super curious to hear about the the lake chapalos too the garters he's got yeah those are really my cool. interest yeah um how are you good how you guys doing good. hanging out not sweating my ass off I'm def- <laughs> definitely not sweating here it's pretty cool it's like Probably 50, 60 degrees, yeah. Jeez. Jealous. 
the um yeah so you've you've done some you know your photography stuff has definitely caught my eye because you've got some uh some oxys um i think you've done some video stuff with them too yeah i'll just like i play with like my phone and do some like reels and stuff because i don't know it doesn't seem like instagram likes to push the uh photo stuff yeah so i've been trying to do more reels to get some traction but uh, mostly I just do photography. I have like a side photography business, so I'm kind of cheating. I have some, you know, some photography experience. Nice. I don't think it's cheating at all, man. Yeah, that's that's, that's, not, yeah. that's yeah. not cheating, man. That's, yeah. that's just the skill. Yeah. But you know, the biggest thing is like to get the light off the camera because I mean, when you're taking pictures with flash and it's going forward it just kind of makes a photocopy and it like pulls all the depth out of your pictures you know mm -hmm. so if you put lighting to the side or from the top it like i don't know it's a game changer yeah that's what i started doing when i was doing more photography i used to do a lot of stuff in the field but nowadays i don't do it anymore but whenever i was doing stuff in my room i had like an external flash that would face a wall and it would bounce the flash off the wall yeah. it just made that light that lighting so much better yeah, people always like, are like, oh, what kind of camera do you use? And I like try to tell them like, it's not the camera, you know. Right. But like, no, no, nobody wants to hear it because like, yeah, you can get like some pretty crazy cameras on eBay nowadays. Like, I don't know, like the old Canon 5D Mark II or the mm -hmm. old Canon, you know, 1D Mark IV. And like, I mean, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, that's what the National Geographic guys are using. Like, right, you can get like. I know it's only eight mix megapixels or twelve megapixels, but I mean, not all megapixels are created equally, you know. So mm -hmm. if you like, can get those megapixels lit well, you get an awesome picture, you know. It's you like know. instruments. Yeah. It's not the yeah the instrument that makes the musician. It's the musician that makes the instrument. Yeah, right. I started with a Canon 450D, which you would probably get on eBay for, you know. 50 60 dollars now and you can get Jeez. you can make awesome pictures of that. Mm -hmm. have you gone mirrorless yet no i haven't gone mirrorless uh i have the oh, 5d mark four I, I don't know it's just money wise for me it doesn't make sense i mean i don't know mm -hmm. i actually have two weddings booked and i don't know i i still like looking at it and i mean yeah. you can yeah. you can with like the cameras i have you can kind of do mirrorless like you can do it live like live view pictures I don't know. Mm -hmm. it's not the same I don't know. well definitely having gone from you know like a an entry-level nikon dslr to this uh lumix you know it's the lumix is definitely not not the best in terms of mirrorless and i probably would have gone with something else you know knowing now what i before buying it um but yeah it's still like the bodies are so small and it just the lenses are tiny and it's just yeah. it's strange yeah like it feels like you're using like one of the older point and shoot type yeah you know like power shots or something it's just it feels feels odd i don't know now with all these mirrorless cameras that are out though you can get some good bang for your buck for like the dslrs and the lenses oh, yeah and, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to hold on a few more years and try to soak up some of these lenses that are 
going for cheaper. And yeah, I don't know. Do, you, what I, do you think DSLR is eventually just going to be completely oh, yeah. out? Yeah, the party's over. The party's over. I don't think they're going to be coming out with any more DSLRs. What's yeah, there is there. It's just because the technology with the mirrorless has become so you know advanced with like yeah. Bluetooth and all that shit that yeah. they've got built into them now. It's just that DSLRs eventually get phased out. Yeah. But in the meantime, you can get a pretty badass DSLR setup for a pretty good yeah. price because of yeah. it. So it's not all bad. Yeah, the only reason I went mirrorless in the first place was because I was wanting to do more more video related stuff and the the actual sort of camera like image factor wasn't yeah. as important in my decision this round but that lumix yeah. it's nice and all but there's there's some small stuff that make a big difference you know the autofocus on it is just goofy it does some real like you get the lighting in there and it, if it's not right that thing really struggles to, to figure out what it's looking at yeah. or where it's supposed to be looking and it just it looks good like the resolution's good the pictures are good it's just like the small stuff you know like if you i, I think if anyone's shopping, like, I think you should definitely spend the extra couple, couple dollars and get you know the baseline Sony or something. And yeah. the Lumix is cool and all, but it's become kind of just a pain in the ass. Right. Yeah. But what's your uh, your your sort of intro into reptiles and and things? You know, you can give us the the quick version or the the long. It's... My, probably the same as most people's is got a snake. Uh, Stumpy, my uh, neighbor, <laughs> saved it in a box for me. Half its tail was missing, probably from a lawnmower or something. Kept it for a week and some, you know, lawn clippings and let it go. But that was it. Potty was over. I was hooked. Yeah. Where'd you, uh, where'd you move from there in terms of keeping stuff? So uh, I kept a lot of like, just like garter snakes, water snakes, like. I wasn't for a long time able to have anything in the house. Mm -hmm. And then when I was 17, I got a ball python. Mm -hmm. and, uh, from there, I got another ball python. And then I got, <laughs> so, got some respiratory infections and I got a boa. And then I was like, oh, this thing's awesome. It eats every single week. So, you know, oh, the ball python I didn't eat this week, bam, the boa is going to eat it. Mm -hmm. So then I got a couple other boa constrictors. And then, uh, I, I don't know, I was probably like 20, 22. I had some boas and I had some some dwarf monitors, some Timor monitors. I don't know nice. if people even keep those anymore. Not like, a lot of people. Nah, I, I had a handful of stuff. I was going to school full time. I was going to work full time. I had like made a bunch of het cow boas and you know thought that was really cool. And I ended up getting mites. Mm. And I don't know my like half hour between like jobs and school. I was just like miserable, like trying to get rid of these mites. I finally got yeah. rid of them. And then I don't know. There was this pet shop. That was like in like the next town over, and the guy he's like a partner with like Triple L, I think. And this is probably like I don't know, fifteen years ago. And I like went to him. He took all my stuff from me, and I don't know for a few years. Like after that, like and I'd be like, oh, you think you can get me this? And he'd like set me up, and I just like had like one reptile from there on out. 
for years. Uh, and then about uh, five years ago, moved out, got my own place, and party's over now. Yeah, I'm, the uh, worst getting blown off there. Yeah. yeah, now I probably have like 100 snakes in my basement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's the, what's your collection now looking like? I know, like I said, I mean, it seems like there's there's a little bit of everything. I mean, I've seen the, you know a lot yeah. of boas. You got I, got a, yeah. oh, I wrote it all down here. So <laughs> I got I got a bunch of boas. I got you know a good group of Ganyasoma, boxycephalums. I got some rhino rats, some Florida blue garter snakes, the Lake Chapala garter snakes, some Amazon tree boas, some Dominican red mountain boas. I got a fox snake, Russian tortoise. The fox snake's cool. My buddy Frankie set me up with one of those, and I don't know. I'm kind of hooked on those. I want to get a group of those together too, but, you know, yeah, you only are, have so much room. <laughs> yeah, those are super fun. I've got a pair yeah. of the Nebraskas myself, so they're, yeah. they're really cool. They're definitely cool, especially, like, when they're, like, adult and they got the cool colors on them, like the, the big copper head. It's cool. Yeah, they're sweet. Yeah, I remember there was a reptiles article when I was a kid, like early 2000s. That was like about foxes. And I remember it seemed like there was a point where fox snakes were like the thing in the in the North American colubrid world. And I remember seeing the article and seeing people talk about them on forums and like I really didn't get the hype. But then now that I'm older, for whatever reason, I see them and I'm like, okay. I kind of get it. As a kid, I was like, "Meh." I was all about Amazon Trebos. That was that was my thing when I was younger. So seeing fox snakes, I was like, "Yeah, whatever." It's like a Canadian rat snake, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but now I see them, and like the same thing. Yeah, you get like the ones yeah. with like that nice copper head and and that kind of stuff, and that's a good looking snake. Yeah. I know. My buddy Frankie's like really into uh like the north american kubrid stuff which i was like never into but like i don't know you see someone else get excited about it and like you see, kind of start seeing like uh, oh you know what that is kind of cool but, like yeah. that's kind of what got me in the guy snakes he's like hey he, he's always doing this he's like take this home with you you know take this snake yeah. with you. So he gave <laughs> me a, a pair of these like florida regatta snakes and i put them in like a terrarium so i could like see them and they're like always like out and about looking around i was like oh gar snakes are awesome these are yeah. so cool so you know next thing you know i got the chapala gar snakes and yeah those just, are really cool man yeah so how many of the chapalas do you have i just have a pair uh, i got them off you know, kid on morph market they're for they're like uh rob shea lines mm-hmm. but they're cool they're definitely cool i'm excited for them to be huge and I mean, they're pretty skittish, but they're beautiful. Like I don't know, it's it's like hard to even in the it's like hard to like see how like how cool they look. Like because that kid I know had a pair, and I was like, "That's a garter snake. That thing's huge." Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like blue and yellow and black, and kind of almost have like these like gold tones to them. I don't know, they're really cool. Plus, like I don't know, they're easy. I cut up some chicken hearts, they eat them. Cut up some you know silver sides, they eat them. Throw some pinkies in there, they eat them, you know. Little monsters, yeah. man. Yeah. Those those are those are very tempting. You know, yeah. the garters have I've never been particularly into into garters, but like those Florida blues and those Chapalas, man. Well, I don't recommend getting them if you don't wanna, you know, 
It's bad news. Bad <laughs> gateway, news. gateway garters. Yeah. Oh, I follow some of these garter snake guys. Like, there's this guy in Canada. Like, I thought it was like Mike's Eastern Garter Snakes or something like that, but it's like his name's like Mike Eastern or something like that. Yeah. He has these like, I don't know, these Toronto Flames or something like that. They're insane. I think of yeah. Uh, I think I've co- seen co- I think they're Quebec Flames. They're called. They're crazy looking. I was like, that can't be a real snake. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just because like the ones that, that we have here in our area are for the most part just kind of this army green. Yeah. It's not particularly good looking. Every now and then you'll get some that have some nice turquoise and blues. If, to them, if you go south like Bluffton, you get a lot more of the blues. Almost every one I found in Bluffton has been more blue color. I have some nice like brick red ones down there too. Yeah, I've seen found those one of those. I found one of those in Bluffton as well. Um, yeah, anything down on our side is normally kind of that army green, which you know, they're also beautiful in their own right, but it's hard to beat a blue freaking garbage thing, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are awesome. The um, At what point did you get into boas because are i mean is it safe to say that you're you're heavier into boas than than anything oh, else definitely uh i don't know i i don't know i i got into boas before i got out of snakes but like i don't know i felt like they were like the perfect vessel like they're big enough to be impressive but not big enough to be like this is ridiculous to have in mm-hmm. my house you know you know they're always eating they're like pretty bomb proof i know like some people like say like they can't tolerate you know not being humid or not being super hot but i felt like they were way more tolerant than the ball pythons to like error when i was younger anyways Mm -hmm. luckily now i have like a room with like ambient heat and it's pretty easy but like i don't know i feel like they're pretty hard to mess up yeah i mean i don't see you getting a you know a species that has a range like that just across the entire genus and them not be at least somewhat yeah. adaptable to, yeah. to things like that and uh people always like i don't know i like did a couple shows not last year but the year before and everyone's like oh boas get so big like i mean i don't know i haven't had that experience like i haven't had a boa constrictor that i'm feeding rabbits i mean i i know mm-hmm. i see them out there but i don't know if that's like uh what the saying is but like is that more of like a keeper thing like if you start feeding yeah. something rabbits it'll start eating rabbits but like yeah and i think that goes it's like kind of the same i've always looked at you know red tails very similar to carpets in that way you know like carpets yeah. carpets can get very very big like your coaster yeah. i've seen nine foot coastals before but that's not your average it's all about how oh, yeah. you feed and how big you want to get it can they get that big yeah should they yeah. probably not yeah you know so it's, it's all know, about that, the keeper you know? especially back in the day like i don't know when i got out of it before like the methodology like keeping snakes is different than it is now you know what i mean it's like feed it feed it feed it feed it and then feed it again yeah. you know and like yeah like there's like a shop local to me and like the guy there did a lot of carpet python stuff i remember he had a huge coastal carpet python it was like it almost looked like like a shower setup mm-hmm. like that was like the enclosure that thing was huge it was cool yeah, yeah. 
No, they get they can get really big, you know. And I've seen some monster red tails. Yeah. Like just huge red tail boas. But again, you know, if you're not feeding it these massive meals, you know, every week or two, then you know, I don't Yeah. And I'm sure it's like like you said, like they're over such a wide range and like Right. I mean we have like these localities, but I'm sure it's even more complicated than that too, right? Like this area's Colombian red tail boas are maybe smaller than this other Colombian red tail mm-hmm. boa, and everyone just lumps it all together. And right. I mean, the South American stuff I would expect to be be bigger for the most part, and I mean it's been more you know well documented that that stuff is typically bigger, but the you know the Central American stuff that. You know, when you start getting that stuff crossed into the Central or South American things, and like, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I was big into Nicaraguan boas for a while. Um, and I had a pair of Terra Humeras that I, I really liked a lot. And I fully regret getting rid of those. Um, and dwarf boas were always kind of something that I was, I gravitated towards a little bit more. There's something about, I like, like dwarf species to begin with you know, with just about anything for some reason. I like stuff that stays smaller that is it's more manageable. Pretty far removed from what they're known to be, I guess. So yeah. I don't know. Nicaraguans and the, the Terahumeras always kind of fit the bill for me. Um and I always wanted to get into the the, the K's and stuff, but Yeah. The those were hard nice. to find then, but I'm sure I think they're even harder to come across now, it seems like. Yeah. It seems like it that Vin Russo guy lists something and an hour later it's all sold. Again, that yeah. wasn't like, wasn't like that 10 years ago. You know I mean? You wanted mm-hmm. something, you, you can find it. Right. Yeah. Those dwarf species are very sought after, you know, at least in my opinion, I don't think they're super popular by any means. I don't think a ton of people have them, but they're definitely wanted by a lot of people, well, myself included. So. Even like Hog Island boas, they I were everywhere. You yeah. could like you couldn't give them away, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Now, forget about it. Yeah. No. <clears throat> yeah. The bulk are... of. Yeah. You go ahead. I was gonna say those are probably at the top of my list as far as boas go. You know, I love the K's, but those Hog Islands really, they really do for me, man. They're super nice is the the bulk of what you have now is that like central american stuff is it it's a lot of cross stuff so i mean i have uh i have a lot of leopard stuff that i'm growing up right now um i have some central american stuff uh it's a lot of it's like all mixed you know Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean a little call hypos, nothing like I'm not doing any like the crazy labyrinth and mm-hmm. more expensive stuff, you know. I the bow like my market here when I was doing the shows. So I did a show like two or three years ago, made some like more expensive stuff, which I found was like really hard for me to sell, yeah. But the normal and cheaper stuff, you know, like sub $500 stuff sold really well for me. Yeah. So this year I tried to produce more of that stuff. I, I mean, I produce some other stuff that's kind of like for me, you know, to keep yeah. back and hang on to, because I, I don't really do morph market. 
I'm not like a huge fan of shipping. I've just had like some nightmare experiences. Mm-hmm. I've got to get over that this year and and just do it. But I mean, majority of my boa stuff is like for like entry level like pet keeper stuff because yeah. that seems what like my market is around here, mm-hmm. like yeah. at the shows I've been doing. You know. I look at it like selling cars, man. It's like you're you're the people that are going to be looking to buy a Toyota. That's a much larger pool than the people that are looking to buy Lamborghinis. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, you get, you know, you sell a couple of Lamborghinis that makes up for the, the lack of sales of all the Toyotas, but you're not sort of waiting as long to get Toyotas moved. Yeah. You know? So I think it's nice to have kind of a mix of both. Yeah. Have something that is approachable. And then the people that are looking for something that's a little higher end, you know, having that as an option too, isn't, isn't a bad thing either yeah i was trying to go for a variety this year i didn't get as many as so one of my uh females that i bought from like someone pretty reputable that was supposed to be 100 percent head albino was not 100 percent head albino because mm-hmm. i bred it to an albino male and no albinos came out but it's okay we got some annery stuff that was cool and i don't know got some motley's hypo motley's Everything's 100% head call, but you do anything with the IMGs? No, I haven't like bit the bullet on the IMG stuff. I mean, uh, I'm not that I'm like backing away from boas. I'm not backing away from boas, but I'm not really spending like crazy money on. So I just like not last year, the year before, I spent some money on boas, and I'm growing that stuff up. When that stuff's a little closer, I might pull the trigger on some like IMG stuff mm-hmm. or. Uh, I got some VPI stuff a few years ago that I got rid of over the past couple shows because I don't know. I want to do more like the Central American stuff and mm-hmm. I don't know, more. I don't know. I'm trying to like keep my market more friendly to newer streamlined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to do, dude, with with all the stuff you know that's available yeah. it's so hard like that's the the problem i have with corns is like being able to there's so many things and morphs that i like and combos that i like that i find it physically impossible to stick to just you know like one or two like there's just too much cool stuff out there and then the the stuff you can build upon with those only makes it worse yeah and it's just i mean you can ask jake how how, how quickly did i go from like three corns to like 50 you know yeah that one's kind of insane (laughs) but i don't regret a minute of it no and see that's like the good thing about corns though is even your highest end corns are usually still you know a couple hundred bucks 500 bucks i think is the most expensive ones i've seen most you know to granted when palmettos came out for at first they were oh yeah pricey but you know ever since even those have really dropped and yeah. you know it's that's the good thing about stuff like that you know and i'm you know i think you do a good thing jared you know having kind of keeping things a little because there's a much bigger market for people buying two three four maybe five hundred dollar animals than there are you know thousand plus yeah. dollar animals you know um, and I, I had people tell me that at the beginning and like I was like, oh, well, they just don't want me to make cool stuff. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you know, and then, you know, I did a, I did a couple shows. I'm glad I didn't go crazy that first year. I was like, I'm going to, you know, do two litters, 
We'll see, you know, what happens. I, you know, I didn't love selling at the shows at first. And then I started getting sales and I started to like it a little more. And then I ran out of stuff. I was like, when I come back, I'm going to have more of this entry level stuff. Cause that seems like what everybody wanted, you know? And like all those Facebook groups, everyone's like, you shouldn't be making normals. Cause that, you know, oh those animals God. are never going to have homes. Yeah, I mean, I what I'm telling you, everyone's <laughs> like, you have any normals? Do you have any normals? Do you have any normals? Cause like, I don't know. Joe Schmo that just wants a pet snake doesn't yeah. want to spend five hundred dollars. He wants a hundred and fifty dollar bow constrictor. He doesn't want right. that. I know. think a lot of people lose sight of that. It's like mm-hmm. just be like, yeah, you're a breeder. You're you're you yourself are looking for things to plug into projects as a breeder. That doesn't mean so, everybody else is. But yeah. you you look at it through the filter of like, well, I'm breeding these because I know other breeders are going to be interested in these. But then you can't forget about the people that just want something simple like you ask like yeah. eric westmoreland who i think currently has like 700 plus corn snake eggs in the incubator God, holy shit. he will tell you like the stuff that always sells the best is like snows which are you know 60 75 snakes like all the stuff that is just like basic simple that's what people want like mbks yeah. like before they went crazy like people just wanted a black snake you know, yeah. it's just he's like it's just you think people are gonna want like the the crazy you know Miami honey tessera stuff and he's like they just come up and they just want you know butters or something just the simple stuff that you wouldn't think anybody right. that it would sell but he's like that's the like the first stuff to go is always the stuff that's like a hundred dollars or less right but I will say you know Jared if you're you have if, if you're working with some higher end stuff that's where morph market will come in a lot more handy you know with yeah. those things because your audience is so much bigger and there are people yeah. out there much more willing to spend you know that kind of money on that stuff so it's one of those things bring a couple of the higher end animals to the show and then a bunch of the you know cheaper animals to you know move off and then Post more of your yeah. stuff, you know, on Morph Market. Yeah. All that. Even though I'm with you on shipping, I hate shipping. I just sent out five boxes on Monday and it, I was, oh, I hated it. I hated every second of it. <laughs> yeah. But, well, that's what I figure like I'm hoping to get some Ganyos this year to like be able to sell. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to ship these. Like, this is not my local market. This is like, yeah. 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 I'm gonna have to ship these. I'm gonna have to suck yeah. it up and figure it out and buy the boxes. Keep my fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah, it's not a not a fun thing. Luckily, I, I've shipped quite a few things before, and I've never had a single issue. Um, all my well, you stuff better knock on some wood. Yeah, that's just do that right there. But uh, yeah, it's like I said, I shipped five out on Monday and. Tuesday, every single one got there by eleven o'clock. So yeah. it's funny that it seems like there's it. there's seems to be two different camps when it comes to shipping. There's people that have had like disastrous experiences, like multiple disasters, and then there's people that have had next to no issues over yeah. the course of years. I yeah. will say both of my issues was like people shipping from Florida to me, and they both got stuck. I think it's the Indiana hub. For days, days. Dang. Yeah, and it's it's that's odd too because I've always been told like Memphis is the hub where where things go to 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 sit on the tarmac. 
but it might it might have been Memphis. I don't know, but both. The, I've never had an issue because all my stuff goes through uh, Memphis, and I've yeah, yet to have any major. I had stuff something delay for like a couple hours, but even then, it was it was like corn snakes or something. So it wasn't even really anything that I was particularly worried about. Weren't know, those oxys sensitive. delayed like a day when you got them? The percentum were. Percent, I'm not that. Yeah. 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 And that was yeah. that was Indianapolis because those came from from Matt and he lives. Right. He's in he's in the Indianapolis area. So I don't know. Like it. it I've been fortunate to not really have any issues, but I know there's there's plenty of people that they they dread shipping because it seems like they have just the worst luck and it's continuously an issue. Yeah. I'm definitely, if somebody's within like a six hour drive, I'll definitely be like, hey, you want to meet me halfway? Like, avoid shipping. Like, I'll drive three hours. You drive three hours. Hit up a Chili's. Hit up a Chili's, yeah. trade some I, snakes. I did a couple stuff like that last year. Like, people were like, oh, I'm coming from Vermont. Would you meet me somewhere past Boston? I'm like, you know what? For a couple hundred bucks, I'll take an hour and a half drive, a two hour drive. Yeah. Why not? It's worth it to me, you know, every yeah. day. Like, Just like yeah. the peace of mind. Right. You know, and for us, like Smitty, I know you do the whole pickup thing, but whenever I ship, I go to the hub. And that's yeah. An, that's an hour drive. I hate that is. drive so much. That's why dude. I do pickup, dude, because oh I just, I hate driving to Hilton Head. I yeah. That's where my paranoia comes in, man. Like, I just, I pretty much, unless I really know the person and I'm okay with it, then I'll ship to a house. But normally I'm like, I'm sending this to your hub. You have to pick it up if you don't want to do that. I'm sorry. You know, like I do hub to hub more than anything. You know, I did ship to out of the four, five boxes I sent, one of them went to somebody's house, but I knew the guy really well. And yeah, so I didn't mind doing that. But most of the time I'm like, I'm sending this to your hub. And you have to go pick it up. Like, uh, I request a hub pickup. Yeah, it's like it's just like it's, one it's piece better. of equation I can exactly. It's one less know. set of hands it's got to go through. <laughs> if we had a, cl- a hub that was closer, oh yeah, you know, yeah. like in town, obviously I would I would drop yeah. off and pick up from there. But it's like driving to Hilton Head, man. Driving an hour just to walk in and walk out in thirty seconds to me is just then like, turn right back around. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then if you don't time it right, man, and you catch that like rush hour traffic, oh my god, it's ugh. I'm yeah. happy. My, my hub's like only 30 minutes away. Yeah, I've got to take off work early if I want to drop anything off. Well, that's the goofy thing is like technically it's only like a 25 mile drive, but it takes you an hour to get there. Mm-hmm. Especially if you catch traffic. Wow, uh, forget about it. If you catch traffic, that's an hour and a half. That's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Might as well but... just drive to Savannah at that rate. Just take it straight to the hub in Savannah. <laughs> it's probably faster. Yeah, probably at some point. The uh, when did you get into Ganyasoma? Ah, uh, three and a half, four years ago, I was on Craigslist and looking up what snakes are available. And this guy had a group of couple uh, red tail green rat snakes. They were all silver phase. I was like, oh, I gotta get these. I'm excited. So I meet up with this guy like an hour away from my house, and he comes like out of this minivan with like thirty people in it. With they're all they're all in like big fish tanks and I was like, What's going on here? He's like he's like, they're mean. I can't take them out of here. Whatever. So I don't know. They're all in these like duct tape shut fish tanks of like so I throw them all in my car. 
I should have inspected the containers a little bit better. Okay, so I got home. And one of the containers is empty. Oh. Um, yeah, one of the uh, screen mesh lids had like, like wasn't attached or something like that. So it like must have pushed its way out in here. And I was like, I swear, I saw it. Like I know it was, I know it was in here. There's no way it's not here. So I tear my car apart, rip it apart, can't find it. I was like, maybe, maybe he scammed me, you know? He must have scammed <laughs> me. Right. So whatever. I had the two. They were both males, of course. This perfect trio is never a perfect trio. They're both males. I'm sure the one that got lost in my car is a male too. But two days later, it's like a hundred degrees out. I go in my car. I was like, nope, I did not get scammed. It smells like dead snake oh. in here. And like till this day, on a hundred degree day, you can smell dead snake in my still car. there, still lingering. Oh, like still yeah. lingering. Like years and years later, if it's hot enough, you can smell it. Did you find it? No, never found it. It's in there somewhere never. though. And like I like tore the car apart, so it like Dude. is in here as like it's a piece of snake jerky. Gee so whiz, man. So I ha- I got those guys established and. They were good, and I was like, all right, well, I got to get some more. So Got to get a girl. Then I'm looking around, and nobody has them. I was like, what do you – again, like 10 gotta years ago – got to go back ago, to the guy in the minivan? Yeah. <laughs> 10 years ago, they're everywhere. You, you know, you yeah. can't – so, I don't know. Every time they pop up on Morph Market, I grab a couple, you know. So the first time – oh, the first time, you know, I watched some video, the guy, the European guy, he had like a video on him. He's like, "Oh, you're gonna keep them in a sterile box. You're gonna deworm them. You're gonna do all this stuff." And I was like, "Oh, you know what? I'm a nurse. I know how to dose meds and do all this. So I do all the stuff, and they're dead within a month. They're dead. Ugh. So again, I, I'm buying them, and you know they're coming in, and you get a meeting, and then all of a sudden you walk in the belly up. So." Uh, I don't know after many trials and errors, those for that first group, I uh, the first two I had actually, I still have today. They did really well for me. I wish I knew where he got those, but um, I started to do like a more hands off approach, a much less sterile approach, and it's seeming that I'm having better success with that. Um, so uh, the past couple of times, uh, I've gotten them. They've done better. Unfortunately, you know, still didn't mm-hmm. make, make the trials and tribulations, mm-hmm. but, um, now I'm doing them in like a big, you know, rubber made with, you know, try to do real good ventilation. And I do like a cocoa husk or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, get a meeting. Um, I don't know. A lot of people do heat. I, I don't do heat with them like when i'm doing like the quarantine process right um and then like once they're eating i'll give them like a small area heat that they can get away from because i i feel like if they get too warm they really they do the rubbing so um so i try to give them space i try not to like interact with them as least as possible i found that they do pretty good with drop feeding i don't i have one that will eat off tongs Mm mm-hmm the rest of them do I do drop feeding with, and if I have them and they make it six months, I'll give them some flagellum panicure, 
in a meal. Like I'm not taking them out. I'm not tubing yeah. them. I'm not doing any of that yeah. stuff. Cause you can do that till you blue in the face. If you're not like actually bringing fecals to the vet, you don't know if you're actually like fully deworming these animals. Right. And you can say whatever you want, but you're full of crap and you know, to each their own. But so my idea now is I give them a dose to maybe help control and kind of let them be, you know, if they start acting weird, they look like they're not putting on weight. I'll dose them again. Mm -hmm. um, and so now I've had, I've got 2.3 adults. Um, I mean the two pairs I've had for the first pair I've had for like two and a half years, I've gotten three clutches out of that group. The second group, I th think any day now we'll have a clutch in the ground. They've been around for like a, a year and a half, closer to two years. Um, and then I recently got another lone female who's, you know, I'm leaving alone, letting her do her thing. Mm -hmm. She's eating. She's not doing any weird mouth gaping or drooling and just letting so her do. Be. You, do you think that that basically the common denominator with, with getting them established is, is cutting out stress as much as possible? I would definitely say, I mean, Hans, I don't take them out to watch them get all puffed up and cool. I, mm -hmm. I just leave them alone. Let that, be, was, that was my experience thing. with the Jans and I was like, get them and ignore them. You yeah. know, leave them be. Like, don't try to treat them with anything right away. Get them hydrated. Offer them food. Like, pretty much, aside from that interaction and water changes, like, pretty much pretend they don't exist. I will say, like, the first few weeks I have them, I do, like, try to do, like, a rain chamber type idea with them. Mm -hmm. It's not, like, super intrusive. But, you know, you got to take them out. I put them in a bin. I cracked the corner of the bin and I got one of those pumpers. Yep. I clamp it open so it runs for like two or three minutes. Let them drink like that. Put them back and try to leave them alone for a week again, you know? Yeah, like, which I'm sure they, with imports is actually probably the best route to go because, I mean, not that they won't drink standing water, but I'm sure like that's what they're they're accustomed to that, that rainfall and that stimulation. And Yeah. And... Uh, so I wish I had more of those. I've got my like longest standing group is in a, um, one of those three by three by 18 inch exoterras. Mm -hmm. I wish I could get my hands on some more of those, like for a decent price. Cause I like to soak them with the water. I got a hose in my room and mm -hmm. you just, I, you can't really do it with the PVC. It just holds the humidity too good. Right. Like I drilled them. Like I got like a bunch of uh, two inch vents and, the ones that are in the uh, PVC enclosure, and it just—it's just not enough ventilation. I actually mm -hmm. saw the the black box cages can come with the screen. I don't know. Yeah. See if I can put some screen on the side of it or something so it can like vent a little bit better. Yeah, and those are nice too because that screen, you know, I've I've got my hands on it, and I've you know you put some put some weight on that screen, and it it's in there like it's not. Like the exos, I get a little worried putting any amount of like serious weight on that screen because it's yeah. it's pretty, it's a finer mesh, you know. I think it's more or less attached via like staples into the plastic kind of deal. But like those black box ones, like that was kind of one of the first things that I when I saw it was like you know how heavy duty is this is this screen top and it's it's pretty in there, you know. And they also make covers for that too, so you can still have a cover and maybe you only want to cover it halfway 
you know, say they're in a shed cycle or something, you want to lock humidity in there a little more than, than you normally would, you know, there's, there's options there, but yeah, that's definitely ventilation seems to be a big thing. Um, for those and stuff in general, I think ventilation's overlooked a lot. Yeah. Oh, I think humidity is like the biggest scam in the reptile game. <laughs> Not really, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I feel like less is more like you, like you have to have the ability to dry it out. Yeah. It's become sort of synonymous with, with wet, you know, yeah. two completely different things. Yeah. Literally about to say there's a huge difference between humid and wet. Yeah. Like you, know. you, you need like good airflow and it's like, I don't know. I feel like that like humidity is tough. Like when you like start this hobby, like to really truly understand. And then like, ambient temperatures like people are like oh well this part of my cage is this temperature but like they don't really understand like ambient air hum like temperature and humidity mm -hmm. versus like oh well this sopping wet corner looks like it's humid and this hot spot is 90 degrees right and maybe it's because you have to get things like things have to be wetted in order for there to be humidity but it's it's making sure that it's not staying constantly yeah. wet like that drying out you know it's like with the green trees if i ever miss them it's like i i hose them down if i don't do like a rain chamber type deal um like i make sure they're they're they dry out completely before i end up hitting them again and i i usually don't hose them down unless they're in a shed cycle or something and i think they need to uh and then the ganyasoma you know when it started to warm up i you know i missed them in the mornings and that was pretty much it you know i'd give them a pretty heavy heavy water down and then let them completely dry out and do it again 24 hours later. Yeah. Are you cohabbing yours? Or are you keeping yours together? Oh, I, uh, I cohab my two, pa <laughs> two pairs or two pairs of cohabs, like pretty much year round this year. I actually did separate them for like the whole month of December. So I was like, Oh, maybe some separation and reintroduction will get some breeding which it seemed to work really so we'll I'm see take, i'm taking notes as we're we're doing this mental notes because i only have so i've i got a clutch from the jansen i last year but it was three eggs and they were duds and then i just recently got that other clutch of three only one of those eggs is good but it seems like you are absolutely killing it on the oxy front well eggs, so i've had a big uh sample size though to to work through to, to get here you know these have yeah. been like the most expensive cheap snakes i've ever had <laughs> you know like uh, yeah we'll have see. you been doing anything to cycle them aside from pulling that mail for december like do you usually I ramp up food at all or anything like that or is it not, just kind of not really i'm kind of spoiled because in massachusetts like i don't care what you're doing your room is cycling like the yeah. the weather and like barometric pressure is so extreme here that like, that's like, I don't know. I had really good success with boas this year too. Like I went four for four and I don't know. I know people say like boas are really tough. I think like this area we're pretty spoiled. Like, I mean, I don't do much cycling at all except, you know, the weather does a lot for you. You know what I mean? I have a, a window in my room. So like there's light cycles, with mm -hmm. the temperature, the barometric pressure. So yeah, it sounds perfect for boys because I 
it's something that's that happens with carpets you know like they're they're kind of triggered to breed with barometric pressure like if a rainstorm comes in everybody says start pairing up your carpets because you get yeah. that pressure change and it just triggers a lot of breeding activity you know carpets big you know at least the carpets that i keep are winter breeders you know so like that barometric pressure and that slight temperature drop because you have to drop voids a lot you know especially carpets and i assume boas are similar you know you don't have to drop temperatures a little bit I, I don't do anything crazy. Yeah, no, my my room, I let it drop about five, six degrees, and that's about it. That's usually night times too. I normally let it just let the temp drop at night, and then if a rainstorm comes through, make sure they're together. Yeah, my room's seventy eight during the day, and I let it go down to seventy three at night. But in the summertime, it never hits seventy three. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just mm-hmm. won't drop. But in the winter time, you know, it can finally do that night drop. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I That's think that mean. that small drop, I think, is is really makes a big difference, yeah. too. I mean, especially when it's something that that you really can't control aside from ramping up ambient heat in the room, period. But like, I don't fight it. You know, when it starts to cool off here, um, I think it's great because you get that, you know, same if you have a, a window in that room and you get that natural uh, shortening of the days in the winter and things like that and the the overall drop of the room in the house totally you know and i think that's huge my room's in a basement too so like it's so dry here in the winter and like the floor is concrete so that's definitely pulling moisture out of the air and Hmm. is that ever like a problem for you like do you ever have you ever thought about adding like a humidifier or something to your room not really because i have a hose in my room you know so if it seems dry in there, I can just spray everything down. Mm-hmm. But which was like a huge game changer. Like running water makes your life way easier. You know, yeah. But I, I wish I had a sink in my room, but uh, I do buckets and a trash barrel. But I don't know. I last year I did the cooler method. So last uh, last year, the year before, whenever I got that first clutch of Ganyo eggs. I didn't have an incubator. I was not prepared. <laughs> so I uh, went on YouTube and figured out how to make one out of a cooler with water. And it worked, but it made my room like 100% humidity because I'm just heating, oh, wa- yeah. heating water in my yep. room. Holy you know, shit. Like it was like so humid in there during that when I was incubating those. Yeah. But um, I'm hoping to have better success. I'm, I'm just using a hover baiter this time. Last time, I didn't really have like the vermiculite or whatever that stuff is. The the ratio, right? I don't know. I read you do one to one, and my buddy came over like a week before they hashed, and he's like, "You need to add some water to this." And I was like, "What do you mean? It's one to one." And he's like, "It should clump." I was like, "No, it shouldn't," because I did <laughs> one to one. I did the one to one ratio, and it didn't clump. So right. I don't know. Last the last batch, I had two that. I, I hatched luckily because I, I cut them open on like day 115. I like, and I was trying to candle them. I was mm-hmm. like feeling them moving. I was like, oh, I wonder if they're ready. And like, they were hard to cut open because they, I probably because they were so yeah. dry or I don't know. Maybe that's just normal there. But those shells are thick, man. It's so like, thick. I, I don't have anything to compare it to. Everything else, yeah. I just come down to a pile of wet babies. Big old goo. You know? So. This time I'm keeping everything a little bit more moist, and it seems to be going well. We'll see. 
What's been the average clutch size? Um, I got six the first time. Last time I got uh, two in the water bowl and uh, oh, God. <laughs> three other ones looked like they were slugs. And then this time I got five and they all look good. June 29th is my day. If they're not pipping, I'm cutting those suckers open, but we'll see. Yeah, then, you should. If you're looking for a good like incubation, um, you know, substrate, you should look in the hatch right. Yeah. Um, I use that for the rat snake eggs I just got, and it's really weird. It almost feels dry to the touch, but you can tell it's wet. It's, it's yeah. really weird because it's pre mixed, it's got like water crystals in it. And sure enough, I've got them in there, and it's kind of, you know, you can see the condensation, you know, starting yeah. to build up in the box. So it's, it's yeah. good stuff. I'm using like a the chicken hover baiter this time to yeah. incubate them. So we'll nice. see. What's yeah. been the average like incubation time? So the only successful uh, clutch I had, I cut them at 115 days and they were ready to go. But the other the other three eggs, when I cut them open, they were dry as a bone because I was you know incubating them in dry vermiculite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this time I'm hoping to get them all to hatch. What temperature are you you rocking those at? Eighty one degrees, give okay. or take. It seems to like bounce between like, you know, eighty two, eighty. Mm-hmm. It's not the most accurate or efficient tool I have there, but we'll see. See what happens. Yeah, that sea serpent incubator I bought was one of my favorite investments. I freaking love that thing. It's it's a great great product. The black box to make an incubator. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the, I don't know. I might make something different next year. We'll see. This is hopefully going to get the job done. Oh yeah, people, dude, people got, have been using incubators for yeah decades. Decades, man. Like it's no, those will be just fine. When we were my, we were doing, you know, my dad was heavy into corns. He took like some of the pink wall insulation and made a, a box basically that a lid of a hovabator would fit on top of. <laughs> so he made like a basically a hovabator, but it was like three times the depth of a regular hovabator, so he could just stack up boxes and boxes and yeah. incubate that way. Yeah, well, I, I see the hovabator like sells like a a fan that you can put in it and stuff. What are you feeding your adults? Uh, mice. You up? No, mostly mice. I do feed like one of the females is like pretty ferocious eater. She'll mm-hmm. eat like chicken hearts and stuff, but mostly just rodents. Yeah. Yeah. And have you had any issues as far as the females like bouncing back after laying? No, because I mean. Once they start eating, they're eating pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I just I'm always trying to figure out, man, like you know, you look at guys like Daniel who's got Jansen I eggs consecutively and you know, I'm I'm always wanting to pick his brain about them and just like what am I not doing? Well, I don't know. Just just gotta keep doing it, you know. It's like I don't know. 
I, I think the problem uh, is I need more Jansen. I that's the issue. Yeah, though <laughs> you, you need more. They're not easy to get a hold of, right? And then like I don't know. I was so sick of getting a box in and having these like tick covered drooling snakes. And it's like you reach out to these people. Like, did you even like look at this thing before you put it in the box? Probably and, not. And, uh, <laughs> They found the best one of the group, and that's what they took the picture of. Like, yeah. Right. And, like, I would, like, I don't know, get, like, so, like, disheartened by it. Like, I'd, like, call, like, I'd, like, find a way to call these places, and I'd be, like, listen, do not send me something with its face, like, like ripped Smashed off. Smashed in, and, like, yeah. You know, if I see, like, nasal bones, I'm I'm sending this thing back. Like, and, like, yeah, I would never send you something like this. And then mm. you get them in, and it's, like, like I just had to manually pull forty ticks off this thing. You couldn't like pull a couple ticks off this thing before you put it in the bag. And hit it with something, you know. Like, come on. Like I get it. It's like imports there's like a, a level of like expectation, but like I don't know. There's certain there's certain there is, though where yeah. you're just like, come on, man. Yeah. Like really? Yeah. I wanna get oxys eventually though. Those are definitely I feel like I can't have Jansen and I not have oxys. And if I were to ever, if I were to ever get Johnny Silver, I would, I would probably get the Silver Oxy. Man, they're so, mm. God, they're so cool. They're so cool. Need to ditch those Barons and get some Rhinos, there, guy. Nah, nah, <laughs> I like my Barons. Like them, love them. Speaking of, why are rhinos the best snakes ever? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I like the rhinos. They're, I mean, I don't know. I can hand them to my kids and not worry about it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're cool, tolerant. I get, like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like the bows. It's like a bomb-proof little snake. Except, like, I don't know. It's so, like, you're never going to, like, hand that to someone and they're not going to be like, oh, wow, this thing's so cool. Like, Look at right. the nose. It's like almost blue. It's I don't know. It's an impressive little snake. The nose seems to really like disarm people's sort of fears. Yeah, definitely. Like, people are more willing to hold that snake than other snakes because they're I don't know. Because I've had people that come into the room that are you know visiting. Like we have neighbors over for dinner or something, and you know they're looking around. You can tell they're like, "This is really really weird." And then they see my <laughs> rhinos out. <laughs> They see the rhinos and they're like, "Oh, what's that?" And, and you know, I'll pull them out because they're, you know, they're super chill, and they're like, "Oh, this is actually really cool." And yeah. it's just something about that that goofy ass horn, dude. That just like, all of a sudden, they're just not scary anymore. People are like, "Oh, this actually, you know, it's funny." And they come up and they got them like pushed pushed up against the glass, and so like their horns like touching their forehead, and they're just looking dumb as hell. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that definitely does disarm people. Is that's like a good way to put put it? I don't. I wonder why though. Like, I, it's probably just because they think it looks silly. There's just nothing. In, yeah, it's not intimidating. It's goofy, you know. I guess. And if they're not puffing up and acting all kinds of ways, and they got their stupid little I mean, nose pointed up. Would you rather show someone the fork lines or give them a rhino? Like. You see a pissed off Pituovis, and that's like, okay, that's that's yeah, that's a not, loud, I've, loud I've, snake. Give someone a rhino, people, and they're like, oh, look at it. It's I've like, literally had people run out of my room 
because you know friends i would never show somebody that knows snakes that i'd be like hey man check this out it's cool and open her up she's like standing up and just throws her whole body at you and they're literally out the door <laughs> it's kind of entertaining but again only only friends that i want to how many yeah. runners do you have uh, i i only have uh 0.2 right now oh. I, I had a male but you know you think the holes are small enough but sometimes the holes just aren't uh. small enough you know Smitty knows all about that. You know, it's, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Still hurts to think about. Yeah. Sometimes like, that gap is just a little too big. Yeah. First rhino I ever got from Terry Burwell, man, had it for a week. And then it, that crack, that gap in the tub, I was like, ah, I didn't get out of that. And I, my first rhino, I had it for a week and never saw it again. Yeah. Well, that was your first, like, ever rhino? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That was a gift from Terry, oh, which made God. it sting even more because then I had to text Terry and be like, hey, man, you know that rhino you just sent me? It's it's gone. It's a bummer. Yeah, that's, that's painful. I really I hope I get eggs from those, though, because those are – that's that's a species I could have a whole freaking room of. They're just yeah, – they're a blast. Like, uh, there's, like, not a ton of cool, unique stuff like that in my, like, local market either. Like, I would love to, like, have those at the show and, like, hand them to kids to hold because, like, I don't know. It's it's like a spectacle, you know? But, man, that's I, that's why you got to start bringing it to your local market, yeah. though, man. You know, it's not in your market until you, until you yeah. bring them, man. You know, yeah. if you start producing them or you have some of that more off-the-wall stuff, you know, it's not going to be there until somebody does it. Yeah. So, yeah, be like, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. They just fit the bill so, you know, the bill so well because I mean they're like they they're unique in terms of their appearance. You know, they're ton of personality, ridiculously easy to keep. You know, like the only the only major hurdle I think is just the babies and get them established in that that paywall. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you get the, people over that and they're awesome. I feel like I don't know. They're like getting to be affordable, you know. Um, yeah. B- yeah. Before, like it was like a dream snake. Now, like you can get it if you really mm-hmm. want to. And, you know. There's know. a lot They're of parallels of- with those and like rough scale pythons, to where it's like it wasn't, but you know, 20 years ago, uh, yeah. you know, no one had them, and they were ridiculously expensive, and there was sort of this mysticism that they were difficult to keep or, you know, the reason you didn't see them is because they were hard to keep and no one had them. And then it's like over time, more and more people get them. And then they realize like they're actually not hard to breed. They're actually not hard to keep. It's just a matter of getting them into people's hands to be able to, you know, keep them going. Yeah. Well, that's like the Ganyasoma, the Oxycephalum stuff in Europe. They're not having issues. They just yeah. have them. And like every time, I'm like, oh, someone else, someone else did it, and then I'm like, oh, they're in Indonesia, they're in France, they're in yeah Germany. So I don't know, you just gotta do it. Which is why I started the the U.S. Ganyasoma group because it's you know, and we have it. It's strictly for like U.S. people. Like I have people request to join all the time that are from France and like Europe and stuff. And I mean, I decline them, but it's like. There's not a lot of people in the U.S. really 
putting focus into the Ganyasoma. So like true, like real, you know, real Ganyasoma, everything except rhinos really. Um, Those fake ass rhinos. <laughs> so it was, yeah. So it was like meant to be a, a place for like the handful of us that are, that are really invested in that genus to, to be able to sort of get in a loop together and, you know, help figure it out. I mean, I don't ever see Ganyasoma like Oxycephalum and Jansen and I becoming like a household species by any means, but it's like if we can at least get them sort of established in a, you know, a regular captive bred level, you know, I think there's plenty of people that would enjoy them, especially if there's people that, that enjoy, you know, Spilodes and, and things like that. And I feel like Ganyasoma are kind of a natural fit for, for the people that are into that, that kind of stuff. And if someone can get Ganyasoma and it not be an import and not be a complete disaster to the point to where they're, you know, how many people have bought the Ganyasoma that you see on tables at shows for cheap? And those things probably died. And those people were like, I'm never dealing with these things again. Yeah. You know, it's same with, yeah. with green trees too. I think for, you know, for me, that was the case. I got that first green tree and it died after a month. And I was like, I'm never bothering with these things again. And then I eventually did. And I was like, oh, okay, they're not bad. And I was doing it completely wrong. So, but it's a bummer, man, because you see them imported so much and they're, they're clearly selling, but it's like, where, what, you know, how many of those end up rolling after, you know, a month or so? Yeah. Where are they going? Yeah. Or how many of them don't even make it out of that box? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of part of the problem is they, you know, importers will get them and they pretty much sell them as quick as they can. And that snake's going through so many movements, you know, from being imported to an importer to a show, back to the importer's room, back to another show, back to the importer's room, back to a show, then to somebody else's room in a quarantine, getting injected with all types of, you know, stuff. It's just, it's a lot, you know, that's why I think you're, you know, to just leave them alone for six months and if they're okay then start doing some of the treatments you know and quarantine yeah. for you know internal parasites you know you gotta let them calm down a little bit these animals yeah. have been through a lot you know and i think it's i don't think it's fair to call them sensitive you know if they were super sensitive they'd be dead you know on the boat over mm-hmm. you know but if you any snake will roll after going through so much stress and trauma you know on top of having an insane parasite load internally and externally you know it's, it's just a lot and you know, i think more people need to take a little bit of time you know to kind of be really hands-off with them you know and it would be nice if importers would keep them around for a little bit establish them and then sell you know but that's asking a lot so yeah It's a bummer, man, because to me, it's like, you know, this animal got plucked from the wild and shipped over and it did, you know, went through all of that just to to last a month, you know, in the in the end consumers care. You know, it just sucks because it's like that snake just went through hell and back just to just to die. You know, in my experience, like if you can get them past like the first few months, like they almost like become bomb proof. Like mm-hmm. you just got to get them back to their fighting weight, I guess, you know? Yeah. And I, when I first got the Jansen, I, you mm-hmm. know, I was like 
really worried that I would not do well with them and that I'd, I'd end up failing. Um, and then after a couple weeks, I was like, these are actually surprisingly easy. And I think it just boiled down to, to just leaving them alone. You know, I, I, I'm sure it would not surprise me at all if the majority of the imported ones that are being bought at shows and stuff people are getting because they think that it's a corn snake or something that they can just play with and take out. And it's something that, you know, yeah. they can enjoy. And it's like, honestly, like Trugon Yasoma, like there are many, 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 many more fun snakes to keep than, than Trugon Yasoma. Like, full full honesty like they're not the most fun snakes you'll ever have they're really really cool but if you're looking for something that you can like take out and mess with and play with and like they definitely are not it yeah like it looks cool that they're like puffing their throat and doing this thing yeah. but like they're not doing that because they're happy you know yeah, that's stress right. man that's yeah. stress but what were your uh like your quarantine setups were you keeping them in like something a little on the smaller side to start? Uh, I don't know what size it is. Uh, it's like a 36 inch Christmas tree bin type setup. Okay. And then uh, I have, it's like a, it's like a two bin rack. I stick, I can fit two of them in there. They both like stick halfway out the other side, but there's, mm -hmm. you know, a little heat tape. You can plug it in and turn it on if you need some heat. But, um, nothing super exciting and then from there i have it's a, it's a little smaller than that i don't know who makes them but they're like a it's not pvc it's like a plastic cage it has like a big screen square on the top i don't know who made them is, that the, is it like a white it's the inside is white but the front face is black i wonder if it's those gpm those bar cages they, are they old like they've been around a long time um, like a, thin plastic. a while, yeah. yeah. I don't know. So then I, I have a couple of those that I use because again they have like that nice screen top. They they ventilate a lot better than the other uh, PVC cages I have. Hmm. But the babies I'm just keeping in like a little rack and they're doing they're doing well. Yeah, how have those been as far as getting those going? It sounds from what I read, they were pretty straightforward and didn't wasn't hard to get them eaten on mice to start. No, one, I mean one of them has just drop fed since day one. Uh, one of them is kind of a pain in the butt, or it's going strong now, but it would eat for a few weeks. It would stop. It would eat. I had to like do some frog scenting. Now I'm just like, whenever I feed the garter snakes, I dip the rodent mm -hmm. in the silver side water and throw it on a little index card and it eats it so huh. i mean it's a, a little annoying but it's eating and it's eating every week so it's been... and how are those temperament wise to the adults like do you find that the the babies the captive bred stuff is is a, a little fine. easier to work with compared to the I mean, adults? De definitely easier i mean they definitely still have like an attitude they'll puff Mm -hmm. But I mean, I don't know they give up a lot quicker and like, fine, <laughs> you know, all right, party's over. Yeah, yeah, because that's I asked. I think Daniel mentioned that too with the Jansen eyes. Like, you know, the just like Condra's, it's strange. There's a lot of parallels there too. You know, they said the captive bred stuff is considerably more more mellow than 
than the imported stuff. Which I mean, if you're talking about imported adults, I think you're always going to have a snake that's going to be pretty yeah. on edge and pretty pretty feisty. Um, well, and I think know. like where they come from, they're kind of like abundant and probably oh, just yeah. like a they're like a, a food source snake. You know, everything's probably eating them. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing with a lot of just rock snakes in general is, you know, no matter where they're at, unless they're, you know, a massive species like some of the giant snakes, snakes are food for yeah. a lot of, a lot, a lot of stuff, you know, birds, you know, other bigger reptiles, you know, that's, they get eaten by a lot of shit, so it's very understandable. <laughs> that's what always kind of like baffles me too. And about so many other species that are imported, but no one seems to be able to figure it out in terms of breeding them captively is like they're being imported in such huge numbers. Like they're clearly doing really well, like naturally. So it's like, what, yeah. what are we missing? Like, what are we not doing? You know, it's like, and I also don't know if it's like coincidence or I'm crazy, but I feel like they do well together. Like, I don't know if it's like a dither effect. Like, it makes them feel more comfortable to see someone else around. I think it does, because I agree. I think I think they're like the, the like the mad hogs and stuff. Like, it's been documented that those seem to do better when they're cohabbed than done singly. And I think that's the I think that's the case with the Jansen and I, too. I couldn't exactly tell you why. Um, but I do. Yeah. If I had to, you know, if I had to put anything on it, I think it would be that that not being by themselves kind of, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call them communal by any means, but yeah. I definitely think that, that keeping them together, you know, cause I keep mine together full time. Um, and I haven't had any issues and they've been together for, for a while now to I think two years or so. Uh, I kept them separate initially. And then uh, kind of once I got the, the black box set up and stuff for them, which I need to upgrade probably within the next year or so, uh, you know, they've been fine. I haven't had any issues. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like once I, I also like, I mean, I'm not putting them together until I'm confident they're doing well, but I feel like they seem more confident when they're together. Like even like I separated them from, you know, through December this year, like when they're alone, they're like more skittish. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's something to it or. I, I think there is, man. I don't, I agree. Um, you know, it's, I don't see that really with, any of the other rat snakes be it corns or bears or anything like that um or the you know the deons or anything but i don't there's something there i think you know i i agree couldn't put my finger on it how many amazon trebos are you up to i only have four but i don't know never yeah. again <laughs> yeah i'm also a... not like a snake whisperer like i they i'm getting nailed by those like constantly like i don't i don't take my gynosome out so like i have a buddy that got a couple uh got a couple and he was like oh you can take him out like they're fine and he's like a snake whisperer he could pick anything up and you know he's got like nasty king rat snake and he can like take it out and make it his buddy that's not me. I'm getting nailed <laughs> every time. You know, I don't know. The Amazon tree bow is like, I know they're clumsy, but I, they're always nailing me. 
And why are you planning on you haven't bred those yet, have you? Uh well, I have yeah, a female, I think, out. is gravid. <laughs> but we'll see. Every Maybe now and then, Jake, I get the itch. I kind of there's sometimes I miss Amazons, but Amazons are also kind of like Antaresia for me, where it's like I'm kind of I'm good. Like I had my I had my time. It was fun and all, but, um, you know, that was enough. That is one snake I will never keep again, even though I didn't even really keep them. You kept the group that we had, but they're cool. They're pretty. I think they're awesome, but never, never again. One day when I have more space, maybe just a, just a pair. That's how it always starts. That is how it always starts. Always starts. Yeah. But if pair. I tell myself that, then I'm held to it. That's now that I, it's on record. That's what I said when I got my first pair of gray rats. It's like oh, I'll just have a pair of rat snakes. They'll be cool. They'll be fun. So you think your female's gravid? I think so. She's pretty swollen. Um, and are yours we'll imported or are they captive bred? Uh, imported. Also, we know you got the got a couple garter snake projects too. What's uh, what, what's kind of going on with them? So I got a pair of Florida blue garter snakes that uh, I got from my buddy. And then I have a pair of uh, the Lake Chapala garter snakes. They're, they're, they're a ways out, though. They're, yeah. We're growing them up. And the blues, too? Yeah, the blues, too. Yeah. yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah, those that, that, that group of garter snakes is so cool. Like I'm, I'm like Justin in the fact that the stuff that's supposed to be really big, I like the dwarf versions. Just because it's cool and manageable, but then I'm the opposite with the stuff that's supposed to be kind of small, but yeah. this kind gets really big. Yeah. I have a weird obsession with that stuff. Yeah. So like those like Chapalas are just so cool, man. When I found um, uh, Mr. Rhea or whatever his, his uh, I can't remember his full name. Um, he's uh, once I found him and saw all the massive gardens he's got, I was like. What the heck are these yeah. things, man? Like they're they're crazy. Uh, yeah, nice. Florida blues get pretty big too. Oh yeah, they get yeah. pretty sizable. How were yeah, yours I... temperament wise though? Because like that's one of the reasons I never really like garters. Never, never, I never sparked much interest in me. Is like maybe it's because of all the all the ones I've come across that were just fairly nasty. I just never they never struck me as, as something that would be all that enjoyable to keep and sort of interact with but then i also keep green trees and the ganyasoma and the stuff and yeah. like those aren't necessarily either for the most part but i don't know there's just something about garters that just never maybe it's, it's like nerodia for me it's just one of those things where it's like i don't i don't know that i really want to deal with a smelly nasty little snake but so i don't know i i find them to be like flighty but like they're not like a holden snake they're like interactive in the like, I don't know, I keep mine in some of the, like, uh, was it the 40 long? It's not a 40-gallon breeder. It's like a 40-short Exoterra. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they're just always doing stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, you don't you don't have to take them out. They're, like, 
moving around, checking you out. You go in the room, they're going to dart behind stuff, and then they kind of peek their way back out. (laughs) What are you doing in here? What's going on? Yeah. Uh, So, I I mean, they're not, they're definitely awesome to handle, but like they're, they don't really bite, but they're running and muscling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, If I had a Chapala, man, I don't know that I could have it and not play with it. Like, that's such a cool snake, dude. They're, they're freaking gorgeous. Like, the Chapalas, if someone was like, you get your choice of a garter, like, right now, I'd be like, those, without a doubt. Yeah. And I feel like there are also a species that, you know, as they age, they calm down a bit. Yeah. You know, like, as babies are so tiny, you know, and everything is so big to them. So I definitely think cars are one of those, you know, as they go, they'll get a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Not saying they'll ever be great, you know, but it's like that with a lot of stuff. I mean, it's, it's, like it's again, it's another, species. it's another species that's food for so many things and they're so damn small when they come out. You know, it's that's just, what I'm yeah, it's, I really regret not, not catching that gravid female that I found a couple weeks ago because every Dude, time I've gone her like five times, I know. <laughs> and then as soon as I figured out, I was like, Oh wait, she was gravid. And the one I saw her with the week prior was a male. And then now every time I go to check under that stack of tin, she's gone. Hadn't seen her since. Yeah. And I like, I fully would have, would have caught her and then let her drop that litter and then released her right back where I found her and then raised up some little Eastern babies just to, just for fun. Yeah. And I didn't. And now I'm never going to see her again. So Garters. I really thought about getting into garters for a period because, you know, I keep Merodia now. And um, I really, I really wanted to keep garters for a minute, especially getting in, you know, seeing those Lake Chapalas and then talking. So like Merodia and garters are very similar to how you feed. Normally you kind of just put in a plate of food and they, they go at it, you know, but the difference between Nerodia and Garters is Nerodia, sometimes they'll fight for, for food, and then normally one of them just gives up and they flail away. Garters can actually start to eat each other, and that was like, because like for me, dude, like now, luckily, I've kind of got, I'm not going to say I've trained my Nerodia or anything, but they know how I work now, so I have a group of three that stay together. The biggest one comes out, she goes into a tub by herself, eats her plate of food, and then I tong feed the other two. You know, they stay in their own spot, and I each, you know, feed them mice and fish or whatever. So, you know, I've kind of gotten the hang of that. But when I first got them, you know, I would have a group together, and I was put in a plate, and it stressed me out seeing them just go ham on the food, and they're flailing all over the place, just going nuts. And I thought about garters actually possibly eating each other, and I was like, no. I don't, I'm good. I don't want to do that. <laughs> it sounds really stressful, <laughs> but they're so cool. Man. That would be cool to see though, to have a group of them like that and watch them all just go crazy on a little plate of, you know, whatever you decide to get. Yeah. They're yeah. so small. Yeah. That's the one thing I learned with Nerodia and you know, I got the info from Zach is always give them more than what they need, you know, but, plenty in there so there's enough to go around if one's being a little you know gluttonous pig and there's enough for this the runt of the crew to get some leftovers you know and stuff like that yeah that's why i always like cut up chicken a bunch of chicken hearts with it whatever wherever i'm feeding them that week i add some chicken hearts in there mm-hmm. too to fluff everything up and make sure there's some extra for everybody yeah 
I need to try chicken hearts with the Nerodia. I, I can't find them anywhere here, man. Yeah. I need to start looking in Bluffton or something. Yeah, there's. Uh, I think there's some like Asian markets in Bluffton that you might be able to get them at. There's really nothing in Beaufort. I know the old Piggly Wiggly in Port Royal used to have some weird stuff like that. Yeah, I've called everywhere, uh, dude. I've looked. Uh, I called the Asian market we have here. I've called the butcher here on the island. I've called Piggly Wiggly. I've called, I think I've talked to the people at Publix, which I didn't expect Publix to have them anyways. Uh, Food Lion. Like all the, anywhere that basically had like a a deli or a meat section, you know, I can't, it's so weird because you like go up to where, you know, Jared is and like you go down to like Tampa where Billy is and like they're everywhere. Like chicken hearts are super easy to find. They're super cheap. And we're in like the one area that I guess no one has any interest in them because I always thought that would be an awesome, you know, addition to a to a diet that is, you know, almost entirely muscle and protein. Like there's very little fat there. And, you know, if you're trying to get something that may be a little overweight, you know, you don't want to get them super, something super fatty. But you're giving them something that's much more solid yeah, I've got a Chinese market kind of close to where I am, so they're available. My father also works for a company called Hobart, and he they like fix all like supermarket equipment. So he's in and out of grocery stores all day. Scout. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> hey, can you get me some, you know, some frog legs here? Can you get me this? And he's like, I'll keep my eyes out, you know. What do you? How many chicken hearts are you getting, and how much? How much do those typically cost? Because I know Billy gets them super cheap where he's at. He gets like a freaking I, bucket of them for nothing. I was gonna say I don't know. I get like usually I'll buy them. I get like a two thirty-two ounce like containers full of them. I don't know how many are in there, mm-hmm. but I mean I probably buy them. I don't know twice a year. Oh wow! Do you they, just like, freeze they, them and call them out, like, yeah, nice? I I freeze them. And then, like, when I'm, like, defrosting my rats or mice for the day, I just take out a bag, and it has, like, you know, six or eight of them. I cut some up for the gardeners. Uh, the Ghani Soma that I'll eat them, I'll feed her those. And mm-hmm. Have you I'm ever sure... tried, like, full-on chicks for the Ghani Soma? Uh, I haven't, just because, I mean, I don't know. I just like haven't felt the need to. I mean, yeah, I don't no, even know no. where I would get them, you know. Well, do you order frozen rodents? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, there's a couple mm-hmm. of rodent suppliers. I get mine mm-hmm. from uh, Big Cheese now. I just got a big old bag of them. And they're pretty good quality. And they're like, let me get some. I'll trade like, you some, some rats. Yeah, dude, if you want some, I got like 50 or 100. I can't remember if I got two bags of them or not. They're like 80 cents a pop, dude. My Are they really? Steaks. Yes, literally. They're like 80, 80 to 86 cents a pop, I think. They're so much different. Literally half the cost of a you know a, a jumbo mouse and then a friggin' so know, chicken chicks? Not yeah, like they're chicks. quail chicks or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, they're they're chicken chicks. You know, you get them I, I got a bag of fifty for like twenty something bucks. Next time you place an order, I might have to. I might have to throw you some bones for a couple. And what are they like? The size of a mouse? They're the size. From what I've noticed, they're the size of like a your big, you know, jumbo mouse. 
you know, they're, a day, they're day old chicks, you know, they're not huge, but they're perfect for, you know, my rat snakes. I've got a six and a half, six, six and a half foot yellow rat. Rico. He, he ate one last week and there was a small bulge in him. And that's all I want for him because he's so big. You know, I feed him enough to sustain him. I don't want him to get overweight. So he's probably about to go on a strict diet of those. But man, he didn't. The first time I showed him a chick, he didn't think twice. Gobbled that thing down. I always so. think about weird stuff you can feed snakes. It's like you got to think like all those like little factories that make like mm-hmm. the the sh- straight runs of uh, chickens and stuff, and they like f- throw away all the roosters. Like I don't know, people would feed them the snakes or oh, yeah. do who knows what with them. Yeah. I thought about Tractor Supply every now and then has chicks, and I've I've been tempted to go and buy some, and then. Yeah, you mainly euthanize them. Piece. Yeah, I know. Like, That's the uh, only reason I really haven't. Cause... And they're just so damn cute when they're alive. I know. I can't. I just. I couldn't do it. Yeah, so I buy them already dead. But yeah, dude, they were. I just ordered. I ordered a bag or two. I can't remember if they come in bags of twenty-five or fifty. Um, I got like two bags of them, and just in hopes that stuff we eat up and dude, they're perfect for the rat snakes. I, yeah, I'd like I to try them for the Jansen eye. Yeah, dude, come. You can. I'll give you a couple. I've been having issues getting the male to eat lately. I think he's just been in girl mode. I bet you. And then I bet you did go nuts for a chick, man. The female, like, she's never been a problem. She's a monster with food. But dude, that male, like, last night I was chasing him around the cage with a mouse, and he'd like disappear, and I'm like waiting for him to just fully shoot out the front of the cage, <laughs> and then he'd like come out, and I'd see him go around the other side, and then he'd disappear again, and I'm just waiting. Like, do you I feed them like right off tongs? Uh, the female, yeah. The male, so they have like a, a big cork round. And usually either one of them or both of them are in there. And normally I can just put it, dangle it at the mouth of that. And like I'll tap it a few times so that they kind of know that something's there. And usually they'll just grab it and then, and eat it from there. But sometimes like that male, I don't know. I think he's just, he's he's pretty nervous. The female seems to be a little more tolerable of my, my bullshit. But the male, he has zero so I don't know. Like he's he's never been a bad eater. Um, I just lately for some reason he's just been. I like I said I think it's because he's just in breeding mode and he doesn't have as much interest in food. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, man, I bet you. And that's just like yeah, I think because they're a more they are an more of an arboreal species, aren't they? They spend yeah, yeah. Know, time off the ground. Yeah, I bet you he would get nuts for for a chick, man. Those things are like candy. Well, you Billy know, was uh, mentioning Monday night when we had him on Snakes and Stogies. Uh, you know, maybe part of the reason why the eggshells are so thick and so hard for them to get out of is because we're feeding them a heavier rodent diet. Right. And maybe if they were fed, like if they were fed more of a bird-heavy diet, that maybe they wouldn't be as like the shells wouldn't be as thick, and it'd be a little more yeah. natural. Which would be interesting to to try out and see if that is the case. But I just haven't, I haven't really taken the 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 time to really hunt down chicks and I, I didn't really feel like paying, you know, $40 to get some shipped and only yeah, for them to not be eaten by, by a lot of the stuff. So no, man, they're super cheap. They're way less than a road. And I think a jumbo mouse is like a dollar and 20 cents or something like a piece. And you know, that's it. The chicks are the same size, literally less than half the cost. Boy, let yeah. me tell you though, on a side note to the feeder thing, I'm about to cut the mouse rack back. Yeah, have one rack of mice and one rack of ASFs because these ASFs are freaking 
exp- I went from like no litters to like six. Like Jeez. those things are cranking out babies. <laughs> Nice. And I want to move them a because that that reptile basics like rat tub that I have, I'm almost positive when those things get to like hopper size, they're gonna be able to squeeze right out of those bars. Yeah. Um. So I think this weekend I'm gonna I'm gonna do some rearranging because one of those tubs has a lot of ASFs in it too, and it's pretty crowded. And I want to I want to give them a little more space, but yeah. Dude, those things, like, the ones that Casey brought are awesome because they're not evil. Like, none of them have ever <laughs> tried to bite me. Yeah. Uh, they don't smell. Like, they literally choose, like, a designated area to go to the bathroom, and that's where they all go. So, like, <laughs> the entire tub won't be gross. Just, like, one corner or one end of the tub will be gross. And then there's, like, next to no smell for some reason. It's like weird. Like, it's so strange. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, man. Breed your own feeders. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm allergic to mice and rats. I just uh, I just took care of my buddy's collection, and he went on vacation. And, I don't know. Being in his room for, like, not even not, – I'm in there in and out in, like, 20 minutes. I'm like, oh, my God. I can't breathe. <laughs> I can't my nose, breathe. I can't my nose is running. Jeez, man. Yeah, that sounds terrible. And that, that would happen to me, too, when I was doing the feeders with Justin. Man, I would go in there, and by the time I was done, like, my eyes were watering and swollen. I was sneezing like crazy. It was nothing, like, super severe, but it was enough to be really yeah. annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get pretty snotty by the time I'm done cleaning and stuff just because of all the dust and everything. Yeah, but I was about to say, for me, I think it was mostly the dust. It's about to get real brutal because, dude, mouse cleaning days in the summer, like – I wake yeah. up early now to get it done. Come like July and stuff, boy, I'm gonna be like crack of dawn getting out there and getting it done before it gets hot because it gets yeah. miserable. I can't believe oh, how yeah. prolific they are, though. I I will say like every day, I'd be like, there's more. There's yeah. more. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. like, I'm just gonna slip some things in my pocket. Uh. <laughs> Don't grab me a bag of these. Yeah. Yeah, I had to put down a rat over the weekend because he was. I had too many males, and he was an older male, and he was kind of getting up there in age. And I hate, I hate doing it because I lo- like I, I, I've become very attached to the rats. That's the other reason I don't think I can do it, man. <laughs> and I felt bad, uh, and I was like, I'm as respectful as I can be because you know they are my little buddies. But it just had to be done. I had males, and they started fighting. And I was like, all right, someone's got to go. Who's the oldest one of the bunch? Got to go. Yeah, and so, so big, man. Now Jesus. I have these giant rats in my freezer, and I have nothing that will eat them. So thankfully, like Jake has like a bigger carpet, and then my buddy around the corner from me breeds boas. So I'd be like, hey, man, you know. Yeah. You can either have these things or get them super cheap because like, I literally can't do anything with them. Yeah, I still have those two you gave me in the freezer because the females just came off their no feeding sabbatical not too long ago. And um, I don't want to pump them up full of that. But, dude, every time I look at them, I'm like, fuck, dude. These things are huge. But 
I'm on, I'm on my, I know my carpets can take them, but I'm like, oh, that's man. a big meal though, dude. Sometimes they struggle with a, you know, a quail just getting it down properly because their beds are all crooked in there or whatever. I'm like, man, I get this jumbo rat. I don't. Is that even considered a jumbo? Like literally, they're the they're bigger than like a kitten. Like I don't, huge. I don't know, dude. Like I really don't know because I the biggest items I normally feed my carpets are medium rats. Like I've learned that, you know, I like this slightly smaller meals a little bit more often so i've got my adults on the you know, medium rat every two weeks maybe another week if i feel it's necessary but about every two weeks is when i feed my carpets and it's like an appropriate meal that's gonna bulge them up really big you know because if i give dude if i give them one of those rats they're it's a month i'm not feeding them for a month just how freaking big they are um there's people that feed pituophis like really big pines and bulls. There's people that don't feed feed those rats that big. But I'm, yeah, I'll have to see if Tony has any need for them because yeah, they don't know how big I the sellers are. Might, but... Does Tony have any like rattlesnakes? No, I don't think he's keeping no. any venomous. Because oh, I know back in the day he had kind of one of each. You know, there any species or, or projects you're wanting to get into in the near future i don't really have any room if i, I was gonna get <laughs> an, like a, another species i don't know i'd really like to get like either like the spilotes like the tiger rats or the puffin rat snakes are cool i mean trying to behave myself <laughs> Gray rats are pretty cool, man. Just saying. If you're gonna get any gray rat, it needs to be Baird's rats. The, the real I, gray rat. I've seen a lot of the the Baird's rats are cool, but I don't know. I don't know. I can't. Gotta get some more North American stuff, man. Uh, you're, you're if I if I was fox, I don't know. Maybe like a group of fox snakes would be cool. I don't know. I really like. The big rat snakes, like I don't know, I would love a, a couple tiger rat snakes or something. I don't know. I really want to get some of the uh, chance and I, but I got. I'm just trying to stay focused. It's it's easy to get distracted. Distracted. Yeah. You know? I don't know, man. If you got if you got oxys already, I feel like it's just you know they go hand in hand. You know, like you yeah. can't you can't have oxys and not have chance and i and that's why i, I need oxys but. i don't know but my goal my goal is to get a couple of clutches on the ground and get them out to people that can keep them going and yeah yeah you know. see you're doing it the smart way you're like let I'm, me get established with these and then we'll do, see about something else you know yeah have you gotten every year's double clutched uh i guess technically last year they double clutched but that second clutch was like six months later like it wasn't like dropped and like so i don't know, okay. I, don't know I mean that sounds about that. right but i don't know because that was one yeah. of the interesting <laughs> things that that freight wrote about you know on the ganyasoma site is like oxys seem to be more prolific in terms of like laying more than one clutch in a year like it not being uncommon but then jance and i it's like you get one one clutch a year and that's kind of it yeah which i thought was odd uh, we'll see what happens this year. So this is going to be a, a 
dumb question. Uh, oh, I can't wait for this. One of you can answer. No, it's not that dumb. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not that stupid. Um, but for double clutching, is that normally like sperm that's been held onto, or does that require like another breeding? I was always under the impression that like a double clutch is like retained sperm from a single that's, breeding. That's why I was like, is this a double clutch or is this like a second breeding? Right. But I don't know. I mean, I think if you're cohabbing, it doesn't much matter. But like with the cyania, when I was breeding those, like that female laid a clutch. And then once that first clutch started hatching, she was dropping another one, like without the male even being around. So, so it is more likely. Uh, yeah. And I think it also right. depends on the on the species. I mean, I think that seems to be more of an Asian colubrid thing. Um, cause I also noticed like the cyania, the same thing, like super thick eggshells, um, abnormally just like armored shells, like really yeah. hardcore. And I like, just like the Jance and I, uh, you know, they feel very similar just in terms of like that, that weight to them almost. And I, I wonder if that's an Asian colubrid thing too, just. You know, I think me and Chris have gone back and forth on it a little bit, and and you know maybe it's a humidity thing, like they're dealing with a more humid environment and you know more rainfall and things, and so maybe they're thicker to to sort of combat that, and it's like an, an extra barrier or layer of protection from the elements. Um, maybe it's just like where they're being laid, and there's more water nearby. I don't, I mean, who knows? But I just find it interesting that 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 Southeast Asian stuff in particular seems to be like the eggs are much more heavy duty. Maybe it's a moisture retention thing. Who knows? I'd have to be curious. I need to talk to Dr. Messenger about that or maybe pick Matt most brain too. Cause he's got a ton of that Asian stuff. He would, he'd be able to say if he thinks that's a thing or not. Yeah. He seems pretty successful with it, so. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, he's kind of an Asian rat guy, it seems. He still posts stuff where I'm like, how long have you had that? And he's like, oh, you know, like seven years. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, he's really I'm planning to breed those percentum next year, man. Those things are growing like freaking weeds. Really? Yes. Next year? I mean, they're I thought... 2019s. Oh. Like, they're already, like, I thought they were, like, yearly. They they don't get huge, right? They don't get huge. Um, These are the Vietnamese variety, which Matt told me get bigger than some of the other sort of localities, I guess, if you want to say. But, um, yeah, man, like, I'll give them, you know, I feed them pretty much weekly, and they they digest food just as fast as, like, the Pituovis do, which seems like it's almost overnight. Um, but yeah, that female man, like the male, he's, he's been pretty much staying consistent in terms of size. Uh, but that female dude, like she's just, she's turning into a beast. And how are you, are you feeding them like one meal a week or like you feed them like a couple of rodents at a time? Um, no, I've just been giving them like rat pups, like rat pinks, nothing crazy. Um, and it's funny cause like the male, especially like he'll try to kill it and try to kill me. And then he'll finally bite it, and he's like, okay, I know it's food. I, I know it's been food this entire time. I was just trying to get you to go away. I guess I'll eat it. 
you know, it's just goofy. Like he'll he'll swing at it like it's a threat, and then as soon as he grabs, it, he's like, "Yep, this is food. I'll eat." And then as he's like puffing up, as he's like swallowing it, and he's like watching me. And they're really they're really cool. I'm excited to to see where those those go in the future. They're they're like the I call them the anti rhino. This is like they're out and about just like the rhinos are pretty much all the time, but you can't go in there and just pick them up because you're like you're gonna get lit up. They do it <laughs> without a doubt. Like they're they're everything about rhinos except their personality. Those are so freaking cool, man. They are very like cool. they are. So I love going in. Those are those are probably some of my favorite things in your collection. Right I can't wait to get them in like, that that black box cool. setup, dude. Like I already got the bamboo cut and ready, and like. Are you co-having them in that three? three I'm planning three? to. I don't, I okay. may be a while. Like I may wait until next year to to put the male in there. Like I'll let the female get some more size on her and stuff. Um, and the male, I don't know. Yeah, the male just may stay in that biog, you know, indefinitely right. until I think it's it's time. But getting that female, you know, in there with some like UV, because Matt says if I put these things under UV, like they're gonna turn blue, Jeez. like straight up. They're just gonna they're gonna blue out. Um, they're gonna have a, a UV light. They're gonna have LED. Um, I just we need to get up there and get our stuff. It's, yeah. We Every time we plan to, it just there's something going on that weekend, so yep. we'll make it happen. Yeah, sometime in June, hopefully. Yeah, it's like yeah, we'll go in January, and then I was like, yeah, let's go in February. Sure, let's yeah. go in March, and then April, May. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah, and I need to get that that rack so I can get more of these corns set up. Yeah, I need to order all the tubs for the rack that I got from them because I got that um, the ARS style mm -hmm. rack from them. So I gotta. Yeah, I'm all, as excited as I am. I'm almost kind of dreading it because I have to do an entire room shuffle when I do it. Like I'm gonna have to sort through the rack that I currently have and kind of bring everything together since I sold a bunch of stuff and upgrade a bunch of animals and then move several animals. Into New rack. It's gonna be the usual dance. It's gonna be a lot, so I'm probably gonna require your assistance. Okay. I helped you rearrange your room a couple times. You did. You can help me once. Yeah. Well, I think we've pretty much hit everything. Is there anything else? When are you getting Condros? Never. Never. Ah! Yes. <laughs> when are you going to make my Condro Slayer Nation t-shirts? <laughs> oh, I should. I feel like I've I've put enough in my freezer yeah. to warrant that being a shirt. Yeah. I'd wear that. Dude, I really need you to make me a, an obsolete shirt. I'm working on it. It's on the list. I have more ideas than I have time, damn it. <laughs> I know are everybody's you? hitting you all at once. Like, dude, make one of these. Make one of these. Make dude, one of I've these. had so many people that are like, make a shirt like this. Make a shirt with this. Make a shirt with this. And I'm like, I want to. These I'll are all the great list. ideas. Y'all just got to chill for a second. Are you making your own shirts? Like, weren't you doing like some printing stuff? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. 
Yeah, I run yeah, like good. I run a, a business that that prints oh. shirts and custom apparel and stuff. So I was like, this works out because I've I've been wanting to start. I've had the idea for doing like sh- like herp related shirts and stuff for for a while now, and I've only recently decided to kind of start really pursuing it. So feedback's been really good so far. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, dude, those uh, districts that I printed those on are so comfortable. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they fit good. Yeah, they don't sure. shrink. Yeah. Which I like. Cause yeah. Not as yeah. Uh, you know, thin as I used to be. <laughs> I don't think I was ever thin. Maybe I was thin when I was like five. Then it just went Boy, down. You were, you were thick out of the womb, didn't you? Probably. I wasn't. My, you know what? My mom actually said I was not a large baby. Believe it really? or not, I don't believe that. I grew into my my gargantuanism as I aged. Sasquatch! I'll start to forget the picture I put. I took a picture of you, and I got a Sasquatch picture right next to you. <laughs> it's great. It's like spotted. Well, where can people find you if they want to get in touch and uh, see all your your photography and awesome awesome stuff? Uh, probably just my. Snake page, Jared Snake Room on Instagram. Jared Carmichael on Instagram and Facebook is just like pictures of me and my kids and all that stuff. So, oh my god, people actually post that kind of stuff on yeah. Facebook. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Jared Snake Room on Instagram. Um, awesome. Yeah. Well, this episode was brought to you by BlackBoxCages.com. Check them out, Facebook, Instagram. Get yourself a rack. If you don't like racks, get yourself a cage. Uh, get both. Go, go, go Best wild. of both worlds. That's right. And, and when you go to checkout, you just go THN at checkout. Save yourself some money. Uh, if you're in the general southeast area, you can even save yourself a decent chunk on shipping and do pickup from their shop directly. So there keep that in mind. Georgia. It's worth. It's worth the. It's worth the trek. Me and Jake yes. drive up like what? It's like. Five hours? Uh, usually about four, four and a half. Yeah, not quite five. So it's a drive, but it's worth it. It's even more fun when you're with friends. That's right. Do it with some. Do it with somebody else. Chili's halfway there too. Oh yeah. You can always stop at the chili for it. Yeah, it's even it's even better when you do it with a friend because you can split gas and it's that much better. That's right. Uh, so please give them a follow on Facebook and Instagram and then head over to Steve Snakesuary also on Facebook and Instagram and give him a follow, help him out. He's a good dude. He's a first responder, relocating snakes, rescuing snakes, taking in unwanted pets, rehabilitating, educating the public. And then he's got a whole lineup of hot sauce, which you can buy. And if you do that, you're supporting him directly. So what they more are, reason do you need? They are delicious. They are. Uh, and then, of course, Fulvia's Apparel. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Website coming soon where you can order direct. In the meantime, hit me up on Facebook or Instagram, Fulvius.apparel. Um, I got a lot of irons in the, the design fire. Um, just got a... If I could have, like, a full day and a handful of cigars... <laughs> I could get a lot cranked out, but that's hard to do. So, 
Other than that, we'll be back Monday night. Uh, ooh, maybe. I don't know. We have a we have a surprise trip to the zoo planned for for Ellie for her birthday. So I don't know when we'll be back. Um, we'll have to figure that out. So uh, snakes and stogies may or may not happen. I, I think it's probably safe to say it will. But just in case, I'll talk to Phil, and we will post about it accordingly. So thank you all, Jared. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate you guys having me. Have a good night. Thank you. Later.